Hey, let's start the show. It's May 24th, 2012. Welcome to This Is Only a Test, the official podcast of Tested.com. I'm Will Smith. Joining me today, Norman Chan. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. You look like you're sitting very far away from the microphone right now. You're I also look like I'm sitting much closer to the camera than I usually yeah, am. But, w- but that's just the camera being much closer to me. Yeah, so we have a uh, short, condensed show this week. Uh, Gary Witta, unfortunately, is uh, off working on Walking Dead. Is that, so is that his excuse this week? That was what his ex- Last week it was in-laws. Uh, this week it is Walking mm. Dead. Next week it's probably going to have something to do with Will Smith or some similar nonsense. Uh, but we'll have him back as soon as he's uh, back and available to work. But we're doing a short show this week because we have a, something special planned for this weekend. And we'll have a extra episode of This Is a Only part A Part 2. Part B. Part D. Uh, on Monday. I think we're going to post it. Probably Monday morning, maybe Sunday night late. Monday. Monday. Sometimes late Sunday would be ideal since Monday is... A national holiday. Uh, yeah, it's Memorial Day where we celebrate our, our – uh, let's see. This isn't the one where we celebrate uh, union labor and uh, the American working man. No, that's Labor, that's labor Day. Day. This is it's, Memorial it's Day. It's not Veterans Day. No, not Veterans it's Day. It's Memorial Day. It's everyone who's fought in wars. In wars. So yes. you and I don't count. We don't get – why, Abs- why do we get Monday off? Um, so we can contemplate about the sacrifices the soldiers have made. It's like Canada's Remembrance Day. Which is – their remembrance of Canada's contribution to World War II. Interesting. I didn't know that either. Uh, what are your plans for Memorial Day, Norm? You're going to barbecue, set off the summer with a bang, get out your white shorts? I don't wear white pants or shorts, so no. Why not? I see a lot of hipsters wearing white pants these days. Um, there you go. Fair enough. <laughs> question asked, question yep. answered. Um, so yeah, uh, plans? Barbecue, grill, maybe barbecue. Go, to, go out to the lake. Do we yeah, have a lake? I, I, there are lakes in the city. Okay. They're, they're not very good. Mm. Maybe barbecue. Okay. I keep threatening the house to get a barbecue, but it's time. This is the this is the time to do it and pay the most you can pay. Exactly. It, it's like buying a TV right before the Super Bowl. You know, if you um I have a, a charbroil back there that I don't use anymore that you're more than welcome to if you want a if you want a charcoal grill. Gas or charcoal? Well, what, I have what, both. I do both. Now. Well, what is the ideal uh, barbecue method? Uh, my feeling is that gas is great for convenience. Okay. But charcoal, you get a better flavor. I like to taste the smoke, not the meat. Which one requires uh, less cleanup? Uh, probably the gas. But you have to then... Buy propane. You have to go out and buy propane, which I, it depends on how much you use it. I mean, one tank could last you like two years. Uh, I usually use two or three a summer because we, we grill a... Propane three, three or gas is also higher risk of explosion and death. Yeah, it's pretty unlikely if you if you yeah. buy from a reputable source. Don't yeah. You don't want to buy propane tanks on the black market. We'll see how much the, the house wants to contribute to a, the barbecue venture. So I'm, what I'm saying is the one in the back could be free. You could take that away with you today. I don't want to put that in my car. You, okay, it's a little... There is ash and stuff in it. I, I, could, I have a big garbage bag you could use. You're welcome to it. Seems like an awful lot of effort. Next week, it's going to be $50. Seems like an awful lot of effort. It's free today. That means it's infinity off. 100% off. Uh, Barbecue deals. Exactly. I bet that there's people at home right now screaming at you to take uh, the the barbecue and not the goat. I like the other door. I like the other door. Okay. Okay. Other door. Uh, Let's talk about news. 
Uh, the big news this week was the Facebook IPO. Did you buy any stock, Will? No, I don't ever buy stock in tech companies because it's a really good way to lose a shitload of money now that Apple and Amazon are both done. Yes. Also Google. Yes. Um, I made a point not to care or read about the Facebook stock because I really missed out on the Google stock and the Apple stock 10 years ago. So. And the Amazon uh, stock, and which was better than, them all, better than them all. Really? In a lot of ways, yeah. Okay. I, I know that. Yeah. Um, so Facebook, Facebook uh, IPO'd at 38 bucks last week. Uh, or earlier this week. It seems like a really long time ago, but maybe it was just like three days Late last week. It was late last week. Um, And there's already uh, massive controversy. It's probably going to lead to SEC investigations and all sorts of stuff like that because apparently there was information about uh, decreased earnings potential that was relayed to some potential investors uh, at the bank that uh, that did handle the IPO, but not to everyone that was buying stock, uh, which is uh, 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 my understanding is that that's a big no-no. Yeah, once... uh the majority of people writing about this are, are the business blogs and the, you know, the the armchair bankers. Yeah, uh, that that's you're bored. It, things get real boring. Yeah, I think so too. So let's move on. Okay. Uh, Zuckerberg wore, wore a hoodie though, and he got married. Also, things. Yeah, I don't that think I don't he. I don't about. think he wore a hoodie to get married. No, no, no. I'm just saying separate events. Zuckerberg okay. got married and he wore a hoodie. So you know. And the Microsoft launched the social network. Really? I hadn't heard. Social. S-O dot C-L. Have you signed up and created an account with nope. your name? Nope. A, a network that I don't even couldn't even care to squat a, <laughs> a, a username. So somebody else out there has Norman Chan. Probably. Okay. Um, I, uh, I, uh, I, yeah, I didn't bother to register a so, socially. So what is it? Social. Social. Without the vowels except O is there. So it's S-O-C-L. I think it's S-O-C-L. Could also be so cool, but then you then it would be weird not to have some O's and have the other O's. I, I don't know. Uh, I am uh, not particularly looking forward to uh, social uh, Microsoft's new social network. It just seems like a dumb thing to launch at this point. I think we've reached peak social network. Yeah, I think Path and Pinterest are the last two. Well, did you read you? Did we talk about Flickr? The Flickr article that Matt Honan wrote for Gizmodo? No, we didn't, but we should because uh, let's talk about that. Because Gary's not here, and he he yells when we talk about Gizmodo stuff. But, okay, uh, I thought this was a really good article. Uh, Matt Honan basically went through and illustrated the the faults and failings and decline of of uh, Flickr. Post it was a big chronicle, yeah, big chronicling of what Flickr did right when it started. And and then what happened after Yahoo bought it and the missed opportunities and the corporate troublings that led to uh, its irrelevance. Yeah, the, the, the thing that people don't always remember is that Flickr was pretty much the first social network. Yes, the, the social aspect of Flickr is the thing that is most forgotten. Right. Um, and it was it, all the, the back end for social connections, friends. I mean, it, it was you like could, you could specify whether someone was a friend, a family, a, a contact, a friend or a family member mm-hmm. and, 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 and tag could, and tag photos. Exactly. Um, the thing that they kind of messed up on, I think that he didn't get to the article, but there was no way in order for you to add someone as a friend on Flickr, they had to be already a Flickr user. So you couldn't do the thing that Facebook and Twitter both do really well that, that Ad spawns news. the email yeah. and sends it off to my dad that says, hey, you should sign up for a for Well, that Facebook was the least account. of the things that they, they, oh, they missed course. out on. Of Agreed. Um, but this is, of course, we're talking about over 10 years ago um, when Flickr I was – that sale was 10 years ago? I don't know. I don't think it was a sale was 10 years, years ago, but Flickr as a like significant part of the internet yeah. was when – there were no free image hosting place. If you wanted to create a 
a rudimentary website and want to host large images, yeah. you could just have Flickr and hotlink it and they had templates for galleries and embedding all sorts of cool stuff. And the only rule I think was that you had to link back to the Flickr page from the image. So so it wasn't even like it was a bad thing yeah. promoting your Flickr account. Uh, I think Flickr still relevant I mean, up until four years ago, even when in terms of well, once people getting got- excited about photos. Uh, on Flickr and like there's the panda system and then new ways of discover photos and they are showcasing great photos. I think a lot of people still use it. It's just that I still I, pay I 20 bucks a year for, for, for photo hostage. Cause my pictures from, you know, eight, just two years ago back to like 2003 are all on Flickr still. Um, the, the thing that I find about Flickr these days is that it's mostly like photographers, people who maybe don't have mm-hmm. a real website, but want to have a portfolio up someplace. Uh, there's a lot of uh, weird porn there. I didn't know about that. And well, um, well, there was a brief time when Flickr was a place for uh, people to host gaming screenshots. Yeah, and then they um, shut that. They down. shut that down. Um, and it really is a great place for photographers if you wanted to know here are what the photos. If you're shopping for cameras, for example, yeah, and you want to see a lot of examples or lenses, and you want to see examples of what photos look like with certain cameras and lenses, EXIF data, the parsing with that and sorting is really good. And so you can say, oh, I'm going to choose this group. And see all the you know the seven D photos, yeah, the best photos you can take with a certain lens. But then, so the place that Flickr broke down is that they never really got on board with the iPhone with mobile, mobile. with with second wave of smartphones, right? Which doesn't say that Yahoo wasn't on board with mobile. Yahoo had a big mobile presence. Uh, just How many Yahoo apps are on your phone right now? Zero. Okay. Same. Zero. Yeah. Um, and uh, they there is a Flickr app. It's no good. No, it's the like the third party Flickr apps that were built using the API are much better. But but I mean the core functionality that I want from Flickr had had Apple integrated with had Yahoo been in a position to integrate Flickr with iOS early on. So you take a picture on the camera camera and it works like iCloud does now. Even without that, iPhone is still the number one camera on Flickr. Oh no, I know, I know. But I mean for a long time the easiest way to get a picture on Flickr from your phone was to email it to a weird special address on mm-hmm. Flickr, yep. which is idiotic. Yep. I mean Flickr was poised, was in a position they could have taken advantage of all the Twitter photo sharing. Flickr could have been the default photo sharing service. And even without being photo sharing for now, even Leveraging its big archive, its big database of photos, just as a way to browse. If I want, let me sh- show me all the best photos of the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah. I mean, I want an app that can just, I mean, Flickr has all those photos there. And I want to be able to uh-huh. view the most popular ones. And it's without anyone needing to upload new photos because there are millions of photos already there. Yeah. You, like, if you want a picture of a pancake, go to Flickr. It's yeah. going to be there. <laughs> um, Chloe is barking. Thanks, Chloe. The, uh, she wants a toy. This is great. <laughs> She has her cone on today because she's she's itchy again, um, and now she's just going to walk around and look around at things. She's exploring. Oh, she's going to see Gina. This is good. The Chloe report. Uh, the The big thing that they missed is is uh, uh, well, they, they they messed up the mobile stuff. They messed up sharing. Uh, they Matt specifically listed the the single sign on with Yahoo as being one of the big problems, which I didn't find that offensive. It was a hugely offensive thing. I know. I, I understand. Oh, yeah. I understand. I understand the complaint. Um, I don't think that it was as big. And I, I think the larger issue with single sign on was it prevented ease of access, uh, like OAuth certificate uh, identification and hooking up to apps like Twitter and Facebook and other things like that. Because it's, re- it's still really hard to get your Flickr photos on Facebook. Like it doesn't it just doesn't work very well, and and when you look at Facebook, which is the thing that 
realistically, Facebook and Instagram have destroyed have have destroyed the market for Flickr. Uh, the thing that Facebook does p- very poorly is image quality. I mean, they've made some steps to improve that, but still, the the image quality and the compression that goes onto the photos that are uploaded to to f- Facebook is vastly inferior to what Flickr has been doing for ten years. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it, it's weird. It's a, it's definitely a story worth reading. It's a little bit old now, but, um, I mean, I mean, the new replace the, you know, 500 pixels or imager or a bunch of, you know, places where you can upload photos. There's a lot of compression and it's not easy to get to just the original image if yeah. the, the photographer allows. Yeah. So, um, I, I mean, I think Flickr still has a place as the photo friendly, uh, f- photo friendly spot, photographer friendly spot on the web. The, the, the thing that, uh, the, the, the other thing that they listed in, in Matt's article was, um, uh, oh damn, I just lost it. Form. I, I can't read your mind. You can't read my mind. What? Uh, okay. So let's move on. Uh, Windows, there's a bunch of Windows 8 stuff. We're coming up on, uh, the, the release candidate, the consumer preview, the second version of the consumer preview, which I think is, uh, not next week, but the week after, right? So the first week in June, something like that. Uh, along with that is coming the final, final news prior to that release. Uh, f- first big thing is Sanofsky had a big post last week that explained A, that they're killing Arrow Glass. And yeah. B, why they're killing Aeroglass. So even on the desktop, Metro obviously had no transparency. But even on the desktop for Windows 8, there's going to be no transparency on the window frame. We're talking about transparency, you mean actual translucency in the frame, the chrome of the window. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, that's exactly right. So the, like the address, the bar at the top of the window where the, where the X button and the minimize and maximize buttons are in Windows 7 and Vista has been transparent. Uh, in Windows 8, it won't be. And they're going to a very square, uh, boxy. It, it, it's very reminiscent of uh, the Zune. If you've used the Zune app on Windows today, it's a square window that just kind of floats in space with no grabby edges around the corners. It seems like in the past week on the Buildings of Windows 8 blog, there have been like four or five significant blog posts. Uh, length And Stephen Snofsky doesn't write all of them. They, they no. are all uh, passed down to the different project leads for different departments. And anytime a blog posts on the Windows 8 blog starts off with a history of Windows, you know that history is just prefacing by at the end, this is why we're affecting that made a somebody's big change. getting ready to get killed. Yep, that people love. Yeah. It's something that people love. And the last time we did that was for the Windows Explorer, changes Windows Explorer, and yep. now it's about Arrow and UI as a whole um, on desktop. Yes. So it, like about- in, in the traditional mouse and keyboard interface for Windows. Not in the new Metro stuff. That, that no, no, no. New, new Metro stuff is a separate thing, completely separate thing, and they have their own ba- separate, different battles to fight for that. But yeah. retaining people who are using Windows now and convincing them to upgrade if they don't care about Metro and convincing them that touch is going to actually work on desktop um, is a significant challenge. It's interesting. I've been to a bunch of events this week and I've talked to a lot of people in in the tech press who've been uh well using Windows and and OS 10 and and Linux and other desktop OSs for a really long time and have kind of been running an informal survey amongst those people and it's pretty much evenly split between people who think that Win 8 with Metro is going to be a complete debacle and people who think it's a potential for Microsoft to to kind of rise like the phoenix from the ashes of of a moribund ecosystem well regardless of whether you're going to use metro or not microsoft acknowledges uh many people don't care for metro and they hope that maybe they'll use a few things in metro but yeah. many people who like desktop now love windows 7 are going to continue loving the desktop and they want to f- change as little of that as possible outside of course getting rid of that start 
start menu. Um, there's a lot of backend stuff that they're hoping it will excite people in terms of boot speed and, and, and ease of connectivity and, uh, you know, for laptops, increasing battery life, always on type style laptops and mm-hmm. design. That would be good enough to upgrade to Windows 8 by itself. Well, if it works. If it works, yes. Um, but also on the desktop, they want to convince you that touch is going to be completely usable. Not just as an add-on, you could use touch as the only means of interfacing with the desktop, yes. or you can use touch in addition to keyboard and mouse. They are equal. And in the blog post, uh, I think the guy writes how he's been using Windows 8 with a touch laptop, and now he can't imagine not using touch on the desktop. And I find that very hard to believe. Well, I mean, we've all done the th- like, like as an adjunct to the main interface. It seems interesting, right? If it's if it's a oh, I just used my iPad or my phone for two hours. And then when I sat down for the computer, the first thing I did was reach up and try to touch something. Never has happened. Really? Never has happened. I do that on the laptop all the if time. If I'm holding, I never do it on the desktop. If I on exactly on on the on the desktop, even the laptop, maybe I don't know. I'll concede maybe once on the laptop. But like I could see using a touch screen. We have an iMac setup over here on the right that runs the podcast stuff. I could see reaching over and touching the the screen on the iMac. In this situation, it's much more convenient than the well, for for touch, just like how you like using a phone with one hand, where you're just using your thumb. Yeah, the primary mode of touch interface is the thumb. It's because I'm holding the device with my hand, and so the thumb is free, and the screen is right there for me to touch. My hands, when I'm using a desktop or laptop, are not tethered to holding the device. My lap is holding the device. That's true on the laptop side and on the desktop. The floor and stand. the stand and, yeah. and the desk is holding that. My hands are free for mouse and keyboard. And that is much faster for pointing and for drawing certain things well, that's true. and typing. Like the, uh, the, well, you, saw, you, you tweeted a link the other day to a device that is purports to add touch control to OS X and Windows machine. Uh, yeah, Leap Motion. Leap Motion, yeah, exactly. It's a $75 thing, sits down in front of your computer, and I assume using a combination of infrared. It's, it's basically like a U-Force for your Mac or PC. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched the videos of people using that and thought, oh my God, there's no way anybody can hold their hand up for more than the well, 10 minutes that's, required. That's moving this. it away from touch. And I think that's a better method for the well, desktop. It's gestural, I guess. It's, right. So, touch, yeah. and it could, it doesn't need to be fingers either. Cause once you get facial recognition and eye tracking, just like the, the eye, eye stuff we saw at CES, it's any type of gestural movement with your entire body, but waving your hand in front of your screen. You know, and, and you know, spreading your fingers out to pinch in the air as opposed to touching a screen. It's there's a significant difference in terms of how much effort is required. So you're saying you're saying you're cool with waving your hand, swiping your hand in front of the screen to clear the windows off, mm-hmm. Minority Report style, or or twitching my head. Well, but that that leap thing isn't going to do head twitches. I don't know. It's, it's those a uh, t- two feet uh, radius. For, uh, t- or two feet, two feet, two cubic feet, or yeah, something like that. four cubic feet of a uh, space. Yeah, that's above and, and I, I don't around know. Around it. We'll, we'll test it out when it comes out and, and get one in. Um, okay, so they killed Arrow Glass. This is, this is the, this is the I, big I, Windows. I, I, love, I, I really liked Arrow. Uh, I never used Windows Tab. Never, ever used Windows Tab. No. Um, I, I took screenshots got, of it once. Yeah, I got used to the look of Arrow. I will miss it. I'm sure there will be ways to bring it back. I, um, well, the thing, the thing for me about Windows Arrow that was great is more than the more than the 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 look and feel of the windows was the performance of the desktop when it was composited composited uh with without using gdi the old 
uh, desktop. It's very fast. Much faster. You didn't have the hollow Super mirrors fast. effect if you moved a window too fast. Now when you go back to a machine that's running basic or like you launch Minecraft or something that uses OpenGL and it falls back to basic mode, it is immediately apparent that, that shit is slow. I think it's even faster than, than uh, Mac OS. Uh, for some windows it's tough for me to say because i use mac os on an old shitty laptop and windows on a really i just really don't desktop. like the way mac os manages window maximization and size well that's management. true that's true uh, yeah and and things like the 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 grabbing windows and taking them to the side to make them fill half the screen are, are brilliant i mean that's an arrow as the design aesthetic um communicated the notion of like levity how light the windows are like when you move an arrow window around it being translucent in my mind, I, I feel connection with how light it is. When something is completely yeah, opaque I didn't get and that. full, I feel like it's there's something I think, broken. I think that's a step. The, 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 I mean, the place where Arrow broke down, broke down in my experience was that it they didn't do a very good job of telegraphing. And OS X does the same thing. They didn't do a good job of telegraphing the cool stuff that you could do with the with the UI, like the dragging, no, no the, dragging the top, dragging nothing. The there is no such thing as something that's completely completely like user uh, intuitive right. and well that's one of the places that i think metro is gonna with, with the with the slide out tray with the gems and stuff like that i think that's where that stuff's gonna really break down I'm, i'll be interested to see uh like that video that came out uh, a couple months ago i forget his name the dude and his dad using both mac os and windows oh it was uh it's uh, uh chris Hard- uh no not chris no. hardwick it's uh um oh hell steven perillo yeah i want to see that again chris for chris perillo that for uh metro yeah, well, he he did that. For, he, for he put that he put him in front of the consumer preview. Okay, yeah. Um, and because yeah, I, I was, tried, it's it's like teaching my parents how to use iOS, and it was not easy. See, it is not easy. It's interesting you say that because my dad picked up iOS immediately. Like for a while, there was a oh, I don't want to buy any apps. I'm not going to go into this app store nonsense. And then he, the first time he there was a the, lot of inconsistency and unintuitiveness oh, in in like just the basic things like sending a, a photo in an email. My father does not have any problem with that, but he also can't attach four ima- images to one email. I get four image, four emails with one image each when he's sending pictures. It's a, it's a. Th- there are definitely inconsistencies yeah, the, the, with that. The forward icon, which is also the edit icon for select photos in gallery. Oh yeah, right. That is not very. That's that's not intuitive. Yeah, but I don't think I don't think people do that. I think they go to the picture in the gallery and then mash the forward button. But it's the same exactly. It's the same icon. Oh, it and is. One is to open that dialog, the, the drop down for email, message, assign as wallpaper, tweet, and in the gallery that is select photos to delete Ooh. massive photos at once. Same icon. Hmm. And one's in the top right corner. One's in the bottom left corner. Oh, speaking of, I just got an email from my dad. Guess what's in it? A picture. Tomorrow returns five. Um. So yeah, uh, the arrow glass is gone. They're going to include Flash. So there will be a Flash render built into Windows, which makes sense given that there probably won't be a Flash implementation on the ARM side uh, for IE ARM especially since there's no plug-in architecture for that. So, I mean, I, I guess Microsoft still sees having Flash as a competitive advantage over iOS, over the iPad. Uh, but I, I'm, I don't, I mean, I don't know that anybody who's used an iPad in the last two, do you miss Flash on the iPad? Very occasionally. Yeah, it's it's it was a real problem when during the time that I had the iPad one. By the time the iPad two came out and sold forty million units or whatever it was, HTML five has stopped being a yeah, problem. It's everywhere. Yeah. Um, and then the last bit is that they're going to have to add some sort of a interface to slow down the Windows eight boot in case you need to do a boot menu to 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 switch OSs or whatever, uh, which is uh, 
seems hyperbolic, but we'll see. Yeah, there's a, a big post on on what they're doing for boot, and um, I think Windows 8 is like the first major OS to really tap in those UEFI capabilities. Yeah. Um, and there's also multi-monitor management, um, new stuff in that. So things that will make people happy and will make utilities like Ultramon less relevant. Well, the multi-mon management in, in Windows 8, even the consumer preview, was is much more robust than what's in Windows well, yeah, 7. But, but in, it, it's, for that kind of stuff, it's all about the little granular details. Everyone wants a different way to manage taskbars and, and monitors and positioning and everything. Right. And wallpapers. and Yeah. Yeah. And, and they're finally doing that. They're, they're going to do things like let you choose whether you stretch the taskbar or not. Uh, they'll let you uh, position one monitor as the default monitor, which yep. right taskbar now – Taskbar icons only on the monitor where that program exactly. is open. I like that. Yeah. Stuff like so – it's much more Unix-y in a lot of ways because that's the way Linux has handled multiple, multiple monitors since they had multiple monitor support. Where only the window that you were working on had the had the icon show up in the taskbar, which makes a lot more sense in a lot of ways. Uh, it'll confuse the hell out of some people, though. Uh, so that's it for Windows. Did I miss any of the Windows 8 stuff? I think that's the three big things. Nope. Just waiting for that next uh, public release. Yeah, two weeks. Where uh, hopefully we'll be back in a studio by then, so we can do some capture and show you guys what that's all about. But I I kind of get the feeling from Microsoft that not as many people. I mean, I know that they have massive download numbers. But I feel like not as many people are using it this go round as were in the Windows Seven days. Uh, but so, I, I don't think there's any question about that. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's partly because my machine's much more complex now than it used to be. I, was, I wasn't running running a RAID array at the time, and now I am. So I think also calling it, calling consumer preview mm-hmm. might be different. Um, there was this. You're more comfortable with a beta. I'm almost more comfortable with a beta. Like, in mm. the surprise that the beta works so well, felt a little edgier. <laughs> you probably <laughs> consumer preview is way too safe. Yeah, well, if it yeah. has consumer in it, it's instantly exactly. more boring. Nah, right? nah, nah, consumer preview. Um, uh, Google's Project Glass. They, they, there were people running, and we didn't know because we were at Maker Fair. But uh, there were people running, they were blocking, bank blocking the streets, blocking the streets. What do you mean? You said there were people running in the streets. Well, okay, they were really blocking the streets and making it very difficult blah, blah, to drive blah. around the city. Did you know that Beta Breakers happens on Sunday, on the middle of May? Is that something you were aware of? Not after I picked Joey up and spent an hour trying to get around the city, just to get yeah, onto. Yeah, uh, I had a nice time sitting down in the parking lot talking to the PR people at Maker Fair. They're very nice, actually. Um, we'll, we'll talk about Maker Fair in a bit, and probably more this weekend. Um, but yeah, uh, so there were people in uh, Beta Breakers, which is an annual. It used to be kind of an annual drunken mess for San Francisco. It's Halloween. Uh, it's half Halloween. Yeah, but it's like ten kilometer run, walk, run, fun run. Where it's the only it's a road race. race there I've there ever... is a it's a real race, ten kilometer race. Dude, I've never seen people pregame a real road race before. Well, if you go a bit of because it starts very early, the yes. real racers yeah. actually compete, and there's there you know it, it is a race, and yeah, but, they finish before the early drinkers wake up. Yeah, the the beta breakers I've seen is a bunch of naked guys. And like pulling kegs of beer with floats and and bicycles and no all floats sorts of crazy oh, and, and shit. past couple of years no floats I know no drunkenness what's the fun of that just the costumes yeah and if you're too drunk they don't let you on the course anymore that that seems like it violates the spirit of beta breakers but I guess some of the serious folk from Google brought the the Project Glass goggles as serious as Google can get how serious were they um, Charlie Rose serious maybe not Charlie Rose serious okay. So what did, what did, what did, what came out of Google people running with goggles um, on? So there's a there was a photography conference that Google held um, just I guess it was yesterday. Photography, eh? Uh, it was in downtown San Francisco and at a a panel on 
the social relevance of like, Google Plus, and they, they all did it via Hangout style. Uh, one of the project leads, a tech lead for Project Class, uh, came out and talked about Project Class, and it, it was unannounced and kind of cool. And the whole thing's archived on YouTube, of course. Um, but uh, first thing it did was address the low quality photos that had been released of Project Glass from Project Glass. Oh, like the, what, the Charlie Rose, like one. the Charlie Rose one, yeah. which looked like a really bad low light. It looked like something photo. from my like Ericsson T sixty eight I. Did not look impressive five, at all. Years ago, and they said that they had been testing Google uh, Project Glass in public a lot now. Um, I mean, at Beta Breakers, the people, the Googlers who ran Beta Breakers wore Project Glass and took photos of it. Um, of their run, and they they pulled the best photos and they put them on uh, Google Plus on the Project Glass page. So they revealed a bunch of that and then showed some video as well. And then Sergey Brin also came on stage and talked about that. So cool. I think since we're probably about six months away now from Project Glass being announced as a product, theoretically, or unless they roll them out at IO in a couple months, I think they'll probably announce like a roadmap for a Project Glass release at IO. Um, but I, th- I think it's still an end of year kind of thing. Okay. Um, they said the hardware is going to improve over time. Everything that right now is a prototype. They'll have different sensors, they'll have you know different capabilities, uh, different mechanisms for catching, uh, taking, actually snapping the photos. Uh, but there'll be more testing in, in the field. So what's and, the gesture for taking pictures like now? Did anybody notice? Yeah, in in, uh, in the Charlie Rose interview, it was it's all head gestures. I think there was like a button press. And uh, after a button press, there's a countdown shutter. timer. Shutter. Well, shutter. Or voice activation. And then a countdown timer and then head gestures using accelerometers for where you want to upload the photo. Okay. Um, but I can imagine it being a, a button press and then a countdown timer in the, the LCD window, trans- transparent LCD. Um, Google does a thing where any Google employee can sign up to be uh, to take part of beta projects, things that they can that they have announced they're working on or that not announced awesome. working on. Yeah. I wanted so like, to better test the car. No, I, I have friends who work at Google who had you know, Nexus phones way before. And, and you know, it's not like they hide it. It's not very Apple like where they're using fake cases or anything. Yeah. They'll just have the phone. It's in the wild. Uh, they can't talk to press about it, but they can, they're encouraged at, at that point, the product's almost ready. It's more of like how people use it. It's yeah, it's and, just getting more eyeballs on it before the mass market. And gets they're it. they're encouraged to show pe- their friends. Um, so I had like a friend like running Google TV, and I guess he was excited about it. Um, Oops. Yeah. So I mean, they obviously they they work in their own little bubbles. But I, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, people wearing Project Glass in, in the field. Yeah. I, I of all the products coming out this year, like I, th- that could easily be another Google TV level of failure. But it could also be really cool, and it could be something that we You'll see. You'll probably have to have else. an Android phone. I, I'm I'm prepping. I'm I'm getting warmed up on Android. It's uh, it's I I, I got to get bigger pants is the problem. I need more pockets. Um, the the Nano Ketchup bottle. This was a story you wrote up for the site this week that I thought was really interesting. Uh, MIT does a competition every year. It's an entrepreneurship competition for a hundred thousand dollars. I think is the is the grant, and this project placed second. Uh, on this year's competition, um, and it is for a coating. Uh, I guess the product that they came and eventually came up with was very different from what they originally started with. The end product is coating for bottles, for condiment bottles. But uh, we're fixing the world one problem at yep. a time here, people. Yep, because that's that's the most. I mean, that, that has the most impact. Uh, originally, it was to develop a coating for like oil pipes and drainage and windshield wipers. Um, so you solve the problem of, you know, getting st- 
crap, crap like stuck. pollen stuck on your windshield wipers making your windshield wipers not work mm-hmm. or oil stuck in a pipe okay that would be bad um doesn't the oil lubricate itself in the pipe or dries are I don't there know. chunks i don't know how that works but eventually it turns into a project to it's denise richards uh, in there sure okay timely reference hey man um there's a bond movie coming out and now it's a, a coating called liquid glide that they've developed Ooh. this team at mit has developed to uh, to coat in, in, inside of bottles so it's like a spray-on coating that uh uses a proprietary formula that's also made of fda safe materials which is important and uh the results are kind of amazing um the demo videos they've shown have shown just ketchups flowing out of a bottle nothing left inside it almost makes it look like it's not really ketchup. Yeah, the demo video is crazy because the thing is, you look at the you look at somebody. It happens all the time, right? You pick up the Heinz bottle, you shake it. The ketchup doesn't come out for like four minutes. There used to be an ad. You might be too young to remember this one, but there was an ad where the guy put his ketchup bottle on the roof of the building and ran down like three flights of stairs, and then came out with a hot dog or a hamburger or something and ketchuped it as the ketchup was falling from the sky. Now I don't think that would work in the real world. No, I'm pretty sure. I- um, pretty, I yeah. think the ketchup would hit the bun and it would explode everywhere and make a huge mess. But, uh, but well, the trick always has been to slap the neck of the bottle the, where the fifty seven, where the fifty seven is, that's and the, you slap it real hard. None of this. Don't, don't stick a knife inside the ketchup bottle. That's unsanitary. And slap the side of the bottle. Hold it at a not straight down, but hold it at an angle, like a thirty degree angle. You yeah, think not a forty five? So I thirty is about right. Thirty degree angle and slap the side of the bottle, neck of the bottle. But and that will get the ketchup flowing, so it won't be stuck. But you're still going to leave ketchup, a lot of ketchup inside. And the point of this coating is so you don't waste any of this food. Apparently, about a million tons of food is wasted inside ketchup bottles and condiment bottles. All year round. Did you uh, did you ever work in food service, Norm? Did you ever have to marry the ketchup bottles? No. Oh, you know what that is, right? Nope. Okay, so this is going to really gross you out if you're a germaphobe. So you might not want to listen. No, that's fine. But uh, at, at most bars and restaurants, if they have glass bottles of ketchup, it's not like when the ketchup in one bottle runs out, they throw it out and grab another one. No, you you make uh, you fill. Yeah, you refill. Well, you 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 stack up the empties, the partly empties on top of the partly fulls. And the ketchup goes down oh, from I one I've to the other. That. I've yeah. seen that. It's a balancing act. It's a balancing act. And it takes forever because you do it and then you leave it and it takes like 10 minutes. So does Heinz like sell empty bottles to restaurants and then also sell like giant vats of ketchup that you can use to refill? You know, I don't – I never actually filled the empties. That was always somebody else's job. But I, I was always in charge of stacking because I had a steady hand. Didn't drink coffee at the time. So – I think Heinz probably just sells the bottles. I think – well, no, no. Heinz – I mean I mean, they sell just full bottles of ketchup. Yeah, you, you buy a full bottle of ketchup. Yeah, they don't sell you know, ketchup. I bet, no, no, they sell tubs because you can get tubs at Costco. Hmm. I'm sure you go and buy those tubs that are like – The tubs are to fill the, uh, to fill the plastic squeeze bottles. But you can also fill – the ketchup's ketchup. I guess. It's not like the tub ketchup can't go in the plastic in the glass bottles. I don't know what the plastic squeeze bottles seem like the obvious solution to this They for are. Me. They're, they're a great solution. Right. It's a much better solution for everyone involved. Um, it, this reminds me of Liquipel though, and also those Dockers. Do you remember the Dockers with the nano coating? That yep, yeah, it's all the same, all the same business. Um, should we talk about Autodesk implants? Uh, sure. So I I got on the phone and talked to some guys in Toronto uh, earlier this week about 
some of the first implantation. Well, okay, medical implants are an old are old technology at this point. I mean, they're they're constantly advancing. Pacemakers, pacemakers, uh, cochlear hearing implants. Uh, uh, there, I think there are even things that prevent people from having seizures that like will detect a seizure about to happen and electroshock portions of your brain so you don't. Um, I don't know if that's a real thing or if it's just something I remember reading about. Uh, the, the, the folks at Autodesk actually tried some, just, just to see what would work, uh, when implanted underneath the skin. Do buttons work? Do capacitive touch sensors work? Can you see LEDs through the screen? Can you hear speakers? Can you detect a vibrating motor? Um, all sorts of different stuff. Does Bluetooth work through the skin? And they, they, uh, they built these kind of really cool Arduino powered boards, uh, that, that, connect to a PC through wires that they could implant under the arms of cadavers. They they were really careful to say specimens. During they were the cadavers, and th- this was in a, a big PDF research paper that had um, photos, and I like that in the photos, uh, they cartooned over the cadavers. You always do that. Yes. It's a privacy thing. Ah. So if you donate your body to science, you don't, your, your Johnson would accidentally be in a paper that goes out to 300,000 people. And just... It's like MS painted over. It looked like somebody – that's the standard technique. That's usually what happens. Whose job is it to MS paint over Probably, uh, gore? My guess mm. is it would be a, uh undergraduate assistant in the lab. Mm. Um, I, I the Have we talked about the body getting parts, body parts? No. So Gina used to work for uh, UCSF in uh, med- continuing medical education. Sounds like an episode of SVU. Kind of, kind of is. Um, and, and she would do conferences and sometimes the conferences would involve practicing a new technique on, uh, on cadavers, cadavers. So there, you know, there aren't enough cad- cadavers go around. There is a shortage. Yeah. So the way they <laughs> solve, <laughs> solve that problems, one of the ways you solve that problem is by, instead of using a whole cadaver for say like an ear, nose and throat procedure and an otolaryngology seems procedure, awfully wasteful. They chop off the heads and you just use the heads and then the arms and the legs and the bodies and makes the sense can go elsewhere. Okay. Like the beautician and like, you know, yeah. So, uh, Gina had to order from Texas cause a lot of the stuff comes from Texas for whatever reason. Uh, actually there are really specific reasons that are pretty political and we won't get into, but Needless to say, if you need to get body parts, Texas is where you go. Wow. Um, and she needed to get, I think it was like 400 heads or 150 heads. It was a massive number of human just heads. heads. Just oh, the heads. Oh, my God. Uh, and the other, the other thing that you don't realize is that like the normal shipping companies won't handle heads. So the people in Texas got them onto an airplane. The airplane came to SFO, and then she and the two doctors that were presenting the conference had to go to SFO and unload the heads from the from like the the shipping container and take them to a hotel in San Francisco. So they had this conference in San Francisco where a bunch of doctors were going to get in and and the heads do, are shaved and stuff, right? I, I don't. I didn't ask specifics. Uh, I bet they're all old people too. Well, prisoners and and oh God. people who died. So this is very morbid. Unclaimed bodies. Very morbid. Unclaimed bodies, Norm. Uh, needless to say, when you when you try to pick up a few hundred human heads from the airport, hilarity ensues. Mm. Um, but you should all donate your bodies to science. That's the lesson. No, it's good. No, why? It's what? What are you going to do with it after you're dead? It doesn't matter. The thought of it for science, Norm. Uh, it's just full meat on the slab. Can you donate? Can you volunteer to only donate? Like, oh, I think I have a good arm specimen. I'll only donate my left arm. What, you're working on the guns, and you want to show and, that off even and after you're gone. Like, and that's all I want to donate. The rest of my body, mm. l- let let me rest. I uh, 
uh, I don't know. I think I personally, I think that uh, that uh, donating your body to science is a good thing. Yeah, med students need cadavers to yeah. learn how to practice. Well, undergrads surgery. too. I mean, yeah. we had a and they cadaver share. anatomy. You have to share. Yeah, we have like three or four people per cadaver generally. You, um, you make a bond with the cadaver. Yeah. Well, even dentists and stuff use cadavers. Like if you go to dental school, you have a cadaver. You have an anatomy. I guess that's how they class. that's how they weed out the uh, yeah the weak stomached. It's the weed out class exactly. Yeah. Um. Speaking of uh, mortal remains, uh, SpaceX's uh, Dragon uh, launched the other day. Yeah, it was originally scheduled for Sunday, um, and I guess we'll talk a little about the solar eclipse that also happened on Sunday. Um, but uh, SpaceX, uh, there was there was a delay, so it launched actually on um, Tuesday, and this is the first, I guess, it, the first commercial privatized space flight. Uh, mission to dock with the International Space Station. To Station. the ISS, yeah. yes. Because Dragon and uh, SpaceX, they've launched uh, the craft like years ago. Yeah, they, they've, they've like done the test third, launches yeah, before. Yeah. Um, and so this is unmanned. There's no one inside. Nope. And, At least not um, that we know of. There could be maybe. Right. Who knows? And um, this is Elon Musk's company. The SpaceX. Tesla guy yep. and the PayPal. PayPal? PayPal. Yeah. And uh, I think, it. I mean, I don't know if it's docked with ISS yet. Um, it docks tomorrow so it, or late tonight yeah yeah so so they did a flyby it got i think within like two kilometers which is seems like kind of a long way but it's very close in in, mm-hmm. in low earth orbit uh and they're gonna dock and it, you know they they're bringing twinkies and food and air and water and stuff like that yeah to so the ISS. Uh, on on the um on the actual dragon craft because the point of spacex is not only to develop uh, a rocket that they can use that's much cheaper than the rockets NASA have been yes. using for payloads, um, but also a reusable um, module. Yes, capsule. Uh, capsule. And um, the payload for this launch was a mixture of stuff that NASA paid for, for the ISS. Mm-hmm. And also, because it is a private company, there are companies that will let you pay to send things up into space. For oh, and the, are they going to recover this? No, or is it gone forever? It's, it's gone forever. So there's two stages of payloads. One, uh, it's in that in the capsule that's okay. uh, for the ISS. Yeah, and in the actual like the booster rockets, that stuff is technically in space, but that's not recoverable. And so that's if you want something just sent to space, like your remains, but your obviously, mortal remains, right? You you don't care if I mean they're not going to want to waste the, the precious space of the stuff going to this ISS. Well, and, and it's not like we want ISS filled with a bunch of ashes. No, either. no. That would be so it just gets, it gets sent on, on the booster rocket to space and then it falls back to Earth after one year and disintegrates in the atmosphere. Uh, that is where James Dewan's remains are. Scotty. Scotty's remains. So he wanted – he one of his last requests was to have his remains fired into space and mission accomplished, guys. And when they – you know when people say that, it's not like all of his remains – no, it's, it's like just, a sachet. Yeah, it's a small portion a of his right. ashes were sent to space. A yes. part of him is in space now and will soon eventually be disintegrated in the atmosphere. Right. Burn up as it uh as it crashes into the crashes back to Earth. Um do you want to talk about let's do you want to talk about the solar eclipse now or on what we've been testing? No, you can talk about it now. So Sunday was a annular uh solar eclipse, which is kind of like a would would have been a full solar eclipse, except the moon is at perigee. And is very close to us, thus is smaller in relation to the uh, sun. So it did not block as much of the Wait, sun. So when the moon is close to us yeah. and therefore seems larger than normal, yes, as it like a seventeen-inch pizza to a nineteen-inch pizza, yes, uh, I might have fucked that up. Then why is yeah why if the moon seems bigger than us? Does because that mean it's it'll further block? from the sun. 
No, I don't think that's right. Yeah. I think it must be closer to Apogee. Yeah. I could fact check this right now, but there's only two of us. So I don't the, think we the can point is, the point is the moon did not block out the entire sun, which it can do in a different type of eclipse. Yeah, uh, if the if the moon is in the right position, the sun's at the right position, then you end up. It could also be that we're closer to the sun now than we normally are, so the sun's a little bit bigger too. That could, could also, also be, be a, a part of an effect. Uh, so yeah, so the the eclipse started in in China, uh, moved across the Pacific Ocean. The interesting thing about this is because of where it started, it started the day after it ended. So because it crossed the international date line, mm. it started on the 21st yeah. and ended on the 20th over mm-hmm. North America. Okay. Um, and we were just – in San Francisco, we were just outside the path of annularity. So the place, place where uh, if you were in the right spot, then the sun appeared to be in a circle, made a cert- ring of fire uh, around, the su- the, uh, the, around the moon's shadow. Uh, we didn't get to see that, unfortunately. But it was still pretty damn cool where we were. So what was the optimal way? I mean, there were lots of different ways to see, witness a solar eclipse. Uh, don't look at the sun. I just stared straight at the sun with my sunglasses uh, on. I mean, well, I guess you can if you're wearing the right type of uh, visor That's um, correct. or helmet. Um, but what, what, what are the different ways that you can look at a solar eclipse, that people did look at solar eclipses? Um, so the, the, obviously the old thing that you learned in elementary school with the pinhole and the cardboard box and a piece of white paper. Uh, you can also take a binoc- pair of binoculars or a telescope, aim that at the sun, and then project the image onto a piece of white paper, cardboard, or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's what we ended up doing. I used my binox, and, and we were able yes. to see everything really well. Uh, you could also take a pair of uh, like welder's goggles or welder's glass that was rated a shade 14 or higher, I believe, which has to do with the amount of light that it blocks. And then you can stare directly at the sun. That's mm-hmm. cool at that point. Um, but we used the binoculars on the piece of paper and sat in the backyard with the dog. I used the hose to hold the paper down because it was a little bit windy. Uh, it's one of those things that if you didn't know a solar eclipse was happening at around 5.30 p.m. PST, PDT, Started at 5.20, yeah, 5.16. On, um, like on Sunday, uh, you wouldn't be able to tell. No, you would have been able to tell. Like right as it got to the maximum, you would have been weirded out because it got kind of dark. It, uh, it Not as dark as like when it's a foggy day in San Francisco. Well, that's true. Like at one point, Gina looks over and says – said, hey, is, did a cloud just go over the sun? Or, yeah. You know, it's like everything looked – maybe if you were paying attention to it, you could tell that everything looked a little bit muted. But it wasn't like in the movies where the world goes dark for a second and then, and then it's, it's bright again. Um, the best way to tell would be to walk yes. the streets and see on every other corner – you know, families with shoeboxes and white pieces of paper and telescopes. That was the easy and, way to tell, yeah. Yeah, and if you didn't want to set something up yourself, you could walk around and find those people, and it was awesome. There were a lot of people in the uh, in, down here in Pacifica in their backyards drinking and and uh, drinking, grilling, and wow. watching the eclipse. Eclipse party. Eclipse party. Ain't no party like a Pacifica eclipse party farm. Uh, I am looking. I am fact checking this. The reason it is an annular eclipse. Is that the moon's apparent diameter smaller than the sun? Uh, okay, we got that part already. Ask, ask another why. why? If you ask five whys, why? you will get to the, the reasons of everything. Why, why is the moon smaller than the sun, Norm? Why is this moon smaller than the sun? I think it's because it's further away. I think that's why this happened. Okay. I don't know. The Wikipedia article, uh, our fact-checking has failed. And without Gary here, there's no one to cover the conversation. So I'm going to move on and talk about iPhone screen size. Okay. 
There's a we, rumor. We talked, we about talked a, little a, little, a little bit last week, but since then, uh, 95Mac came out with a very specific um, rumor about... Uh, Less attention the next, to the phone, more attention to the microphone. About, I'm looking at the phone, the, the resolutions, 960 by 640. I want to confirm okay. that again. Uh, it's, uh, about the specific size and uh, pixel dimensions of the next iPhone screen. And they're saying it is 1136 by 640, which if you use Pythagoras, uh, Pythagorean theorem... Uh, that a was, squared plus B squared is equal to C squared. That that's the one. Uh, you get a three point nine nine uh, inch screen. Mm. So that that is the uh, the assuming the profited, pixels per inch stay the same. Yes, which is whatever what the rumors are currently saying. So that means they're going to change the resolution, which means a dramatically change the aspect ratio. Dramatic changes. Well, changing the resolution and the aspect ratio, which means dramatic changes to the way iOS handles app rendering right now. Absolutely. So we will know after WWDC in a few weeks whether this is going to happen. Yep. Or else no apps will be working right or they'll all look janky when the phone comes out. So, uh, And the current rumor is uh, range from summer, as always, to October, as last year. My money is on summer. Good to know. That's that's always just hopeful thinking. That's the Chan bet. You're already tired of your iPhone 4S. You're ready to move on. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm ready to go back to black phone. I told you. No, I, I told I, you I wanted something different. Uh huh. I got something different. Yeah, uh huh. And would now, you say you chose wisely or smartly? Yeah, I want. I now I know know, know the experience of having a yeah. white iPhone. Do you know that experience? Uh, no, I'm cool. I know that the black oh, okay. iPhone's better. Okay, it's just like you know that iPhones are better than Androids. No, I've actually used a lot of Android phones, so That's I'm that, pretty comfortable I, so with I, that. I, I, I'm I'm good using using the white iPhone for a while. Now I am ready to go back to a black one. Hmm. And the problem isn't the not, there's no. It's not a problem, but um, my explanation is that uh, the white gasket area around the uh, the glass yeah. dirties up. Oh, uh, that is that is noticeable on the white and not on the black. It's funny. I always see girls using white iPhones. Is why I don't have a white iPhone. Oh, okay. Just saying. Um, do we want to talk about the Via? There, there. It's kind of a Raspberry Pi competitor, but not really. Yeah, it's a uh, VIA Technologies. Um, they make motherboards. I think, they, I think it's pronounced Via. All caps. Via. They used to make motherboards for like they they used to make x eighty six compatible motherboards, mm-hmm. and they also used to make um, graphics cards. Uh, yeah, and they they had a they had a they bought Cirix, which was a x eighty six compatible CPU in the late nineties, early two thousands. Uh, but they've always been very low performance. Yeah, uh, they are uh, planning to sell a fifty dollar um, system. I guess it's a board with an ARM chip and it's like a Nano ITX or something, right? It, yeah. The, well, they actually developed the the Mini ITX right. uh, form factor. They they popularized it, and now this is a new form factor they're calling Nano ITX, which is compatible with Mini ITX cases. But I'm sure there will be more case different cases. Um, for fifty bucks, it's not bad. I mean, you're well, getting potentially 720p uh, video out on HDMI, VGA, four USB ports, and it runs Android 2.3. It's designed for x86 Android, right? No, it's it's ARM. Ar- oh, it's ARM. It's ARM. Oh, that's interesting. I did, I missed yeah. that. Um, when is this going to be out? Um, sometime later this year. What do you think people are going to use this for? HTPCs. You think that's it? Yep. You're gonna plug in a hard drive, a portable hard drive of that, with all your you know rip movies, and you have HDMI out. Plug it onto TV. And you can play play stuff. Are they going to support? I mean, r- right now I've had. One of the things I've had real problems with on Android traditionally has been playing H.264 ripped movies on on Android. Yeah, there, there are decent apps for that. I don't think it's I don't, uh, Raspberry Pi has dedicated H.264 decoding. Yeah. Well, so will this. And so hopefully that'll be better. And Raspberry Pi does 1080p. 
Okay. So this is only 720p? Yeah. 50 bucks, though. So there we go. That's something that's happening. Uh, one of the things that I saw today on The Verge is that FCC, the FCC is reinterpreting uh, their rules again. Uh, with with well, there's there's pros and cons to this. So they're looking at the rule that basically uh, pr- allowed cable providers required networks to sell cable providers content if they wanted to buy it, uh, and they're reinterpreting that to imply that uh, internet TV providers have to be afforded the same courtesy that cable providers uh, get and and other smaller networks get. Uh, and the upshot is. Basically, I, I like this story. I hope it's. I hope it actually happens because it's kind of hoisting the cable companies by their own petard, right? Mm-hmm. The the FCC rule that allowed them to exist in the first place that allows cable companies to have NBC and CBS and ABC and and all the other programming that that we've come to expect from our cable providers actually is going to be twisted against them to allow, uh, in theory, in theory, internet TV providers to offer a cable like service. So, for example, you could you can instead of subscribing to Comcast and your cable TV coming in over a, a proprietary coaxial signal, it could all just be delivered to your home over over uh, internet protocol. Just very interesting. Uh, now, the downside to this is that anybody who wants to do that also has to collect the FCC fees and all the the record keeping and all that stuff that a normal cable network has to has to do, and the fines associated, and, and the fines associated with it as well. But the, I mean. This could end up being a really good thing and could really open the door for internet-based TV uh, or cable packages. So, I mean, what 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 we could see is a disruptive influence from somebody like Netflix or Hulu or more likely – Don't say a, that word again. Hulu? Disruptive. No. Yes. What, what if it's an innovative – innovative changes? How about it's different? Okay. Somebody doing something different, for example, offering a la carte pricing for cable for, – for a cable-type service. Which is something I would totally pay for. You know, if I could get the ten channels I actually watch and pay twenty dollars a month for cable instead of sixty dollars a month for cable, I would be totally down with that. And I think that sounds awesome. So, forcing change with competitiveness. Thank you, FCC. Competition. Yeah, uh, it's, we'll see if it sticks. The FCC has been a little toothless lately, so who knows? If, I'm sure this will be tied up in courts for a decade before anything actually happens. Uh, a couple of Lego news items. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first thing is that Lee Morfried. Who runs Adafruit Enterprises or Adafruit Enterprises? I guess because it's named after Lady Ada. Uh, has pitched a Lego set. Uh, well, there's been a controversy in the Lego world uh, because it turns out that the Lego Lego toys for girls are kind of sexist. And when I say kind of sexist, I really mean totally super duper sexist. It's like pink bakery shopping centers, oh, yeah. ponies and, and stuff. Yeah, weird stuff like that. Yeah, not cool. So she pitched a uh, uh, a set on the on the kusu kusu the same the same kind of custom Lego thing that we saw the Minecraft and the the Habayusa and the submarine that you have and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so that's up now. You should check that out. I think if you search for Ada Ada Fruit, it looks great. It looks really good. Yeah, um, I, I, it's a I, really cool playset. Well, like if you look at the detail, it, you you realize that it, yes, I think it's it good to really appreciate cool. as a piece of design and also as a playset. If kids want to play with it. Yes. Um, I, I didn't like if you make sure you look close. If you're interested in this sort of thing, you should look closely because the work that goes into the actual components on the playset is pretty impressive. The stuff like if you look at it from far away, it looks like it's a little more simple than it actually is, I thought. But I thought that was really cool. It's definitely worth checking out. And and I, I liked it on Facebook. So uh, hopefully they'll get to build that. Do your part. Yeah. It's, it's all you. It's all we ask. An occasional liking. Uh, and then the other uh, Lego news is that an SAP executive was caught in oh, Palo Alto, in, yeah, in the Bay Area, 
in a barcode scam to oh get barcode scam deeply discounted barcode Lego. scan what is this a barcode scam uh, i know what a barcode scan is i'm saying like what what was he thinking so in case you don't know what a barcode scan is and i guess scam scam um barcodes are scanned but uh you take a barcode from a cheaper item yes and you paste it on top of a more expensive barcode or yes. item and it seems like a thing that can't possibly go wrong no it can absolutely go wrong <laughs> if the checkout unless you're going you know buying something at where the employees don't care and don't even look at and hate the parent company yep so best buy well i, I doubt it would work at the lego store no. i think that's where this was being done no right? no this was done at target, oh, target. it was oh. all targets the target target loss prevention prevention uh team cracked the cracked what was happening was it a sting operation there was a sting operation and they caught him doing it at one store and he went to another store immediately following and they tagged him coming in apparently they had like wanted posters they had pictures of the guy oh my god they had no idea who he was can i see the dramatization of the behind the scenes like oh, security yeah. guards at target getting really excited hunched over security monitors there it goes there's we got, a stick we got a 413 we can 413 in the he's, toy he, aisle he's carrying the the superstar destroyer yeah what marked down a th- Five ninety nine. This is an awfully big Lego box for something that costs thirty five dollars, sir. Well, I don't know. I just it, it must be on sale. How many kits do you have to buy to make a profit off that on eBay? Um, I don't know, but it, I think the number I saw was that he bought an, bought around ten thousand dollars worth of Lego, uh, which isn't you know that's not that much. It's not. It, well, it depends on what he buys. It, it could be not that much Lego, uh, but yeah. So he's probably going to go away for a while. Um, I don't know why a dude who's an it's, SAP it's very executive. Is stealing, uh, stealing Lego at this level, but I highly encourage you not to try this at home. It is not a good idea, even though it's a, it's like an office space idea. It's like skimming three tenths of a cent off of every. We'll we'll take that's the a better idea. No, no, that's a dumb idea too. Don't encourage that, Chan. Um, uh, let's see. I guess that's it for news. We're, we're uh, we talked about SpaceX. We talked about that. Do we want to talk about Maker Fair stuff at all, or do we want to save that? I think we want to save weekend, that maybe? for the weekend, maybe. Is there anything from Maker? We can talk about the third-person camera a little bit if we want. No, nope. we can save that too. Let's let's save, save everything. It save it all. Tabling all Maker Fair conversation until um, the weekend. This weekend, uh, Sunday night, part so, B, part D. Uh, let's uh, play some music and talk about what we've been testing. That was the one. Norman Chan, mm-hmm. Will Smith. What have you been testing? I'm still wearing Nike Fuel Band. Do you like the Nike Fuel Band? I like it a lot. Do you find that it is it an accurate representation of your activity level? I, I, I find steps? that I don't care whether it's an accurate. And is it though? Um, it was both. A, oh, I'll, I'll talk about this when we actually do the review. Compared to the Fitbit, yeah, uh, it is comparable to the Fitbit. Like within a within a five or ten percent or something. Well, the, it was very difficult to tell whether it was uh, it was. Uh, counting more steps or counting fewer steps. I'll put it that way. Oh, so it swings both it, ways. It did swing. It all depends um, on your wrist and, movement. And they count calories very differently, those two uh, systems. What's interesting, because the Fitbit, um, the, one of the, the, like the jawbone, they recalled the, the, the jawbone up specifically because it was on the wrist and there was, there was weird math there. Well, also because of battery problems. Right. But I mean, on the, the, the Nike people were the first ones who kind of realized Hey, uh, the the thing that matters with the pedometer isn't the length of your. St- we can calculate your stride based on your height and the number of impacts you take a day, uh, and they did that with the Nike Plus. So there's a lot of algorithms. Trust them this. to figure this out. 
Yeah. If, if somebody's going to. But I, I think it's less about that and which is uh, about the actual steps, which is why they have an arbitrary fuel metric uh, in the fuel ban. So it's like clout for your exercise. Yep. For your health. It's, it's, um, but there are uh, user experience attributes of the fuel ban that make this very pleasing. You like pressing the button and see it light up. Love pressing the button and seeing it light up. Yeah, I could tell. Love. This is it's the equivalent of shiny crow. Yeah. How, how, what's your burn for today? I'm still in the red, which is not good. I need to be in the green. You, can it's, you, like, it's like mana restore. Can you take that by the hardware store and put in the paint can shaker if you need to like crank up? Nope. No? Nope. That wouldn't do it? You know uh, what the paint well, can shaker does. I, I, know, I do know what the paint can shaker I feel like that would probably... This, we should test uh, this. I don't, think that, that, I don't think that's... You put in an empty more. paint can, not a full one. No, I, I think that the pace is too high. Oh, really? You think yeah. it would realize you're yeah. uh, cheating? Yeah. I think you're doing something naughty. Okay, good to know. Anything else you like about the fuel band you want to talk about before we do the quick look? Uh, I want to save it off for the quick look. Okay. I, I do like it a lot, though. Okay. Uh, anything else you've been testing? Um, nope. There's stuff that's going to be in video soon-ish that I'd rather save until it comes out in video. Okay. Um, I have been testing. What have I tested this week? Uh, uh, Braga brought some Canadian coffee, which I haven't opened yet. I'll probably open that tomorrow. So I haven't been testing that. Uh, the juicer. I've been we 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 fired up the juicer again. I like the juice. I, are, you, are you using it every day? Uh, no, I'm not using. I too feel like that type of product to that, use every day. It's a product that if you don't use every day, you are wasting its potential because of how much money it costs. Well, it's 250 bucks. That's a lot of money. It is a lot of money for a juicer. Um, if you're not drinking juice as your only like meal for breakfast for a really? year, I think that's probably not worth it. Hmm. It, it, spending $250 on a juicer is a commitment to lifestyle change. That's true. It, it's almost like paying $250 to go, you know, for it's like a, gym a gym membership. Exactly. Yeah. It's like a gym membership, but you're staying inside the house. And the I only like thing that. you have to go do is buy vegetables, which at the supermarket yeah. makes you look classy. <laughs> well, I don't know. If it's, so do you feel grocery store shame when you go to the store? Like what, what's your, gro- if you go to the grocery store and you're just picking up like frozen waffles and is that what your grocery store? I'm not, no, like? no, 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 no. I, I, I well balanced grocery. I try to hit all do you the judge important people? aisles. If you see, if, if there's, you know how, um, by the, uh, the, the aisles, the end of the aisles by the checkout counter. Yeah. There's always the freezer doors where they have the stuff that's on sale. Yeah. Don't buy from that. Why is that? That's bad. Those are the freezer stuff. Well, buy Texas freezer toast, stuff in general. Texas is bad. toast for two bucks for you know big bin of that. Right. No, no thanks. Freezer food in general, with the exception of like frozen vegetables, which are which yeah. are ma- ma- do legit. the rounds. Go go buy some mushrooms. Buy a different type of vegetable every well, time you go to the market. The thing Gina and I realized when we when we were looking at the grocery haul the other day is that we pretty much just go around the outside edge of the grocery store now. It's like. Go down the produce aisle, and then we go down the meat and fish well, aisle. Well, the produce usually is an aisle. Produce is like a it's, wall. It's like the edge. Yeah, it's the, the produce it's the wall. right edge. Mm-hmm. And then you go to the meat wall, which is on the mm-hmm. back. The back wall is usually and the meat wall. it's dairy and bakery and maybe some eggs. Yeah, that is, a, that is and that's a, pretty much in it. pretty much every modern supermarket, that's the ring around the market. I wonder how that ended up being that way. Um, because those aisles need uh, like room the, behind meat, them. Yeah, room behind them for the meat stuff because you're close to the butcher. Yeah. Um, and it used to be in that Delhi, you need that's all one side. That, well, that has to have, and then all the too. wall for the the the, uh, the the green stuff. Yeah, it used to be that the green, the, like the, the the door to the back came out in the green in the green grocery, yeah. the the because the they need to spray that area. 
Well, or and the people, the guy would come out and put just as much out as you needed before it was out of the deep yeah. freeze in the back. Or the, and, and yes, I know cellar. buying produce and real healthy stuff is more expensive than frozen stuff. You can get a lot of it, but every time I make a trip, get some blueberries. Yeah, get blueberries are good for you. They're yeah. full of antioxidants. And exactly. They got what plants crave. Yeah. Um. So I guess yeah, that's what that's what I've been testing. I did the third person camera at Maker Fair, and that was exciting. Yeah, you know, it's in the video. It is in the video. You should check that stuff out. It's on the site right now. Um, I haven't done a whole lot of product stuff this week. We've been really busy, so and we're getting ready to be even busier. June, June, we're traveling every week. I think, except for maybe the last week. No trip on the last week of June right now. Yeah, so far. No, no, there was a day trip, but no, no overnight flying the, trip. Yes, yes, yeah. But we're gonna be, uh, we'll, we'll be all over the place. So we'll we'll keep you updated on that stuff. Uh, I am so excited about what we have coming in June that I can barely stand myself. Um, and I guess uh, let's. Unless you have anything else you've been testing you want to talk about. Nope. I, you know, you're using the AeroPress now. I am using the AeroPress every day, and I have it knocked uh, down to uh, a perfect 10-minute system. Mm-hmm. 10 minutes to heat up, boil the water, and make my cup of coffee, warm the cup. From soup to nuts. Everything. Grind the coffee. Having 10 minutes in and out. And do you feel like – I mean, do you feel better about your coffee time now? The, how were you making coffee before? Were you just going to Starbucks? I was going to drive to Starbucks. Wow. Every time you wanted a cup of coffee? Yeah. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah. Well – Save the money. Save the time. Uh, but if I want to make more than one cup, then it adds another like three minutes every time I want to – Yeah. Make we'll, we'll get you something else to, yeah. to brew some coffee. I can with. count how many – I can count how long it's been since I've done dishes by how many chopsticks are in, in the sink. Because every you chopstick, with the chopstick, every chopstick is one one. You know cup the AeroPress came with a stirrer. Yeah, but it's easier to clean. That chopsticks. big paddle. I, yeah, but the paddle is exactly the right length, so you don't accidentally tear the the. Well, you do inverted. I do inverted. Okay, I've moved away from inverted. I'm back to Whoa. Back to, to verted. Uh oh. Yeah, we may be able to do it. I think when we get in the new no, office. No, no. Why? Why moving away from inverted? Uh, because I I watched the people who won their AeroPress World Championship, and they were all doing. That's way more time constraint. Uh. I, time constrained because if you're doing it the normal way it's dripping as you're stirring i grind incredibly fine and push so Trust me, there's no dripping hmm. yeah i i excuse me i grind very fine so that there's no you wow bless well, excuse me um uh yeah so that there's no there's no pushing i mean there's a lot of pushing in order to get the, the water through Wow, it's good. I'll, I'll when we get the new office set up, I'll, I'm going to go back and revisit a lot of the coffee videos and redo the cone uh, and the AeroPress definitely because I've I've refined the technique on both of those since we did that those videos originally. All right, um, maybe you come back and redo the siphon again too because I've been spending some time with that and that is um, I, I I'm more impressed with that every time I use it. So uh, let me play the music and let's take some questions. Emails? Well, but we do the other one. Emails. It's, you know, we don't do emails. We do emails. No, 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 no. Questions. Boom. If you have a question for this is only a test, the email address is podcast at tested.com. Keep your questions short. I had to bounce several because they were more than a minute and a half, and that is way too long. 45 seconds is the limit. Just, just cram it in there. You can do it. I have faith in you guys. Here is the first question. Hello, Tested Crew. Brandon from Modesto, California here. I noticed Norm has a thing for collecting posters or prints. I've recently become addicted to Mondo. I was wondering what other sites are there like Mondo, or if there was one that will lump them all together in a single site, like T-Magnet does for t-shirts. Hometown trivia, Modesto is the hometown of George Lucas, we're sorry, Timothy Oliphant, you're welcome, and Jeremy Renner. So far, so good. Also, sorry for all the math. 
Um, there is no other site like Mondo. Mondo has created a market for very limited edition poster drops uh, because they have a very good relationship with movie studios and artists, uh, which is the more important thing. Um, the two other websites, uh, which are poster makers, uh, that actually poster designers, um, I would recommend they don't, they don't do, uh, stuff as much as Mondo, but, t- uh, DKNG Studios, um, is one I recommend. And then also Phantom City Creative, which also designs posters for Mondo. They did the Back to the Future one and also the, um, uh, I believe they did the, uh, Trip to the Moon one as well for the limited edition. Um, there is a forum, uh, if you're interested in Mondo posters, I, I think it's on espressobean.com. If you search Mondo form espresso bean, it'll pop up and it's like a 4,000 page thread just about Mondo posters. <laughs> and the people there are, uh, they have tips, pro tips for catching drops. So I have a question. Sure. Uh, when, when Mondo does a, like those Avengers posters, I know, like how much of those are actually like licensed from the studio? They are all licensed. 100%. Oh, they are. The work, uh, what they do, um, the guy's name is Justin, Ish- Justin Ishmael. And, uh, Call me Ishmael? Sure. He's the creative director. He, um, works with studios to get the license. So it, it's, I mean, studios have departments for this, for promotion departments. Yeah. Um, and then, they have to send it's, – it's like a multi-month-long process to get the artist to work on the, the art, send a draft in, get it approved by the studio, and then determine based on the contract how much to consult for, what the run will be, and what the uh, – you know, and, and how, how many they can print. That's why it's so limited. So they don't start out with – by saying, hey, we're going to make uh, no. 300 of these Avengers prints. No. no. They say, hey, we uh, – Mar- either, either they go to Marvel or Marvel goes to them. In this case, I think Marvel went to them to promote the movie and said, hey, we'd like you to work – you know, f- talk to your artists and uh, do this poster series. And then they set the – you know, want X number of this poster, X number of that poster. This is the price range. And, and then it works as promotion. Okay. PR. It makes sense. Uh, well, and, and the the results have been really good. Like those Avengers posters, especially, were really good. The yeah, back they're, the features yeah. were rad. Is that Moon poster in your house? One one of those? Or yes, is it- the Moon one is a Mondo poster. That was uh, commissioned by Duncan Jones. He did both a Moon and Source Code one oh, cool. uh, by Ollie Moss. Excellent. Uh, I've got another question here. Hello, testing crew. This is Finnish from the forums. A bit of hometown trivia for me is that I currently live in Windsor, UK, which is also home of Her Majesty the Queen of England. My question today is, I'm interested in buying an Ultrabook. Keeping in mind that I've never used a Mac before, is there any benefit to getting a MacBook Air in place of the Ace or Asus or any other type of Ultrabooks? And also, at this stage in the cycle, would it be worth waiting for Ivy Bridge or should I just go and get a Sandy Bridge? Thanks, and always be testing. So on the waiting for Ivy Bridge or going and getting a Sandy Bridge depends on uh, how much you use stuff that requires graphics. Wait, no, wait. You think at this point, wait? At this point, there's no reason you should be buying a Sandy Bridge Ultrabook unless you are uh, extremely price conscious and uh, want to go something Here's cheap. the thing about Ivy Bridge versus Sandy Bridge. Sandy Bridge CPU perf is going to be almost identical to Andy, uh, Ivy Bridge. So unless you're there doing are, stuff that... Power, power efficiencies. Maybe power efficiencies are going to be better. Um, I, I think right now you can get some stunning deals on Sandy Bridge laptops. If you're going to uh, wait for a MacBook Air, don't buy a Sandy Bridge MacBook Air. That is a uh, – yeah, I agree with that. Um, what do you think about somebody who's never used a Mac before? Would you recommend an Air? If they've never used a Mac, yeah. um, no. 
go with a go with an Asus or Lenovo. I mean, the, the thing about switching to Mac that a lot of people don't realize is that if you're having to buy a bunch of software again, like obviously you're going to have to rebuy your copy of Office. You're going to have to if you're still using Office, yeah. Office, Photoshop, all that stuff. You could have some really expensive, a lot of money invested in Windows software, and that'll go away if you switch to Mac. So. Um, if you're not in that situation, I think that there's very little reason not to switch. And if you're buying a uh, an Ultrabook, you know, wait for Ivory Bridge no matter what. But if you're buying an Ultrabook and you're deciding between uh, Windows or a MacBook Air, uh, don't wait for Windows 8 either. Just get the Windows 7 Ultrabook yeah. now once Ivory Bridge comes out. And I honestly, I think it wouldn't surprise me too much if this version of Windows is incredibly cheap. I don't think it's incredibly cheap. Windows. They have an upgrade plan in place for people buying within a few months of Windows 8 release, but I don't think it's going to be like any. Well, yeah, if you, if you qualify for the upgrade plan, then it's going to be $30 or $15 yeah. or something like that. It's really cheap. Um, uh, yeah. So, okay. Well, Norman, I disagree. I think it's okay to buy the MacBook Air if you're not having to replace a ton of expensive software. Uh, Norm does not. Uh, and Norm would wait for Sandy Bridge, but I would probably just buy Ivy Bridge. So, or no. switch that around. Yeah. Uh, and then the last question is. Hey, Tested Crew. I'm Dean from Christiana, PA. For a little bit of hometown trivia, Christiana, PA is where the Christiana riot happened, and that was fairly essential in starting the Civil War. Also, for a would you rather, would you rather not bathe or shower for a month or only be able to drink Mountain Dew for a whole year? For my question, I'm trying to record Xbox 360 and PS3 gameplay, as well as probably some older console gameplay, and I was wondering how most sites do this. Because I went on Amazon and just searched on Google, and the choices seem to either be a really crappy device called EasyCap that's like $7, or something a little bit more expensive around $150, like the Blackmagic Intensity Pro or the Hopog HD PVR. And I was wondering if this is what most people use, or if they usually just get... Uh, high-end graphics cards that have inputs on them that go straight into their PCs. Thanks, and always be testing. I would rather not bathe for a month. Easily. Easily. after like three three days, you wouldn't even notice anymore. It would just make everyone around you, know you suffer. This, the question wasn't specific enough. If you can't bathe or shower for a month, you can still wash your face. Yeah, I think, I think that goes against the spirit. I think there is no spirit. Be specific in your would-you-rathers. I think I think that I mean I think that it would be awful. Well, of course, the thing is, right now we rarely leave the house, so it's not like you didn't have the embarrassment of getting on the train and being the smelly guy that nobody wants to sit next to. But I think being the smelly guy that nobody wants to sit sit next to may be actually a good thing because then you have a seat to yourself on the train all the time. And Mountain Dew for a year that would be awful. Yeah, no, that's I can't imagine a worse, easy, easy worse punishment than Mountain Dew for a year. Uh, with game capture, most people who do it at home um, do it differently than people who do it. Like professionally, um, well, we tested that hot pog box, yeah, uh, and we didn't test the black magic, but it's apparently roughly equivalent. Uh, the hot pog box is really good; it only does component; it doesn't do HDMI, so that means you would have to use the component inputs on your on your Xbox or PS3. Uh, there's a new thing that's out now. I just ordered it today because I wanted to t- test it. Elgato, out. the Elgato game exactly. capture. It's two hundred bucks. Um, I, I'm going to give that a try, but basically the the way to do it is to spend 150 or 200 dollars. Uh, you want to avoid that Roxio box because it only captures at 480p, which sucks. Um, but even with you're using these boxes, you're connecting the boxes to a computer with USB. Yes, and recording it on your computer. It's not like the footage is stored on the boxes. The box is an intermediate game capture device. It just takes a video signal from HDMI right. or component 
and process it in a digital signal. Mostly yeah. component because the HDMI is going to be uh, encrypted. Especially black magic. Well, black magic has HDMI and so does uh, the Elgato. But the black. I don't know if the black magic. I don't know if they decrypt HDMI encrypted video, HTCP encrypted video. I, I don't think so the either. Black magic. The high end black magic thing that Vinny had at the old office did not. Mm-hmm. So we had to use a uh, kind of black market thing that that's. Well, there's HTCP. only HTCP on PS3. On not, PS, yeah. Yes. So for PS3 on the Elgato, there is a direct. Uh, connection with the ps3 well the elgato says it does hdmi on on the ps3 so that's i'm interested in testing that out well we'll do a quick look at that as soon as it gets here um the other question is if you want us to do live streaming uh it's relatively easy to buy like a 30 dollars piece of software to live stream pc games mm-hmm. uh i uh, it's called game link is the is the easiest one to use uh, I've been experimenting with that lately, and as soon as I can get somebody to play Diablo three with me long enough to test it, then I'll uh, we'll we'll do a quick look of that, um, or at least post a how to. The uh, th- th- that's really all there is to it. I mean, you need to spend a little bit of money on something to yeah. in order to do that, unfortunately, especially with the consoles. Uh, I think I, I I wouldn't surprise me if we see more kind of easy sharing of video with the next generation of consoles like built in built to the in. console. Yeah, I mean, there's already a bunch of PC PS3 games that'll do that. I think it's game specific. Um, Halo does that on the Xbox. But that's not um, actually compressed video. That's just game in-game files. Well, that, no, that gets rendered offsite. You can, you can. Well, yes, it does get rendered offsite. You can uh, publish those to YouTube, though, right? From from it, Halo on the PS3. Halo. I mean, it's it's not like it's going from your Xbox no, no, no. to YouTube. It's the game files scripts are going to Bungie that you pay to upload, and they render and then push out to YouTube. On the PS3, I think you actually are rendering and, and uploading to YouTube from the console, though. Hmm. So yeah, uh, there's a good question though, and and I would rather do anything than drink Mountain Dew for a year. So uh, that'll do it for us this week. Uh, sorry for the short show. We will be back again on Sunday night late or, or maybe even the afternoon with a very special podcast. When you say very special, it's like not last week's very special, but actually it's not Wes and Matt. Oh, OK. It's just three people in a room talking about stuff and things. Do you want to tell what do you want to tell what's going to happen? I mean, we're committed now. We have sure. to do it at this point. Yeah. Get, get, uh, the, get the phone call tomorrow night. Sorry, guys. I broke my wrist, and we're not going to be able to do a podcast. Uh, we're going to go over to Adam's workshop, and we're going to sit down with him, talk about Maker Fair, talk about making, uh, uh, and, and all the whatever else, wherever the conversation goes. So if you have ideas, if you have topics you would like us to uh, uh, delve into, send Twitter messages to Norm and I, and we will bring them up and put them on the list maybe if we think they are not too terrible. Uh, so that will do it for us this week. Thank you, as always, for listening to This Is Only Test. We'll be back next Thursday with another show. I, I wonder if Gary's going to be here for the next week. Want to put money on it? No. Well, hold on. Which side do you want? Do you want not here or here? I'm going to say here. Do you want odds? Oh, odds are too... I, I don't think we should put odds on it. Okay, I'll, I'll take not here. You think not here and I'll do here. Yeah. And we'll say a... I, the d- lunch that you owe me, I will uh, forfeit. Wow. Or you can buy me two lunches. So $10, basically. Deal. Okay. If Gary shows, our debt is wiped clean. Yes. If Gary does not show, you owe me two lunches. That, that sounds one. fair. Okay. Or, a, or a really good lunch wherever our new office is. I would is. take one $20 lunch. Okay. So lunch and beer, probably. Let's, okay. let's be real. It's fair. Okay, uh, that'll do it for us this week. Uh, this week's outro. Oh, do we want to do fake outtakes? I don't think we have anything to fake outtake. Uh, I will save it all for Saturday. Okay, yeah, we'll we'll introduce Adam to fake outtakes. We'll see how that goes. 
Uh, this week's outro comes to you from Madden Man. Uh, we have a lot of these in the queue now because people uh, made many. So if you have them, post them in the forums uh, and we'll see you guys next week. Hi there, I didn't see you. That's it. You know, this Elgato thing, the, the customers who viewed this item also viewed list is really weird. What do they also buy? They bought an Avermedia C281 Game Capture HD that recorder. That, that's right. That yeah. one's good. 150 bucks. The next one is the Borderlands 2 Ultimate Loot Chest Limited Edition. Lots of people are recording Borderlands. On Xbox 360, though? Why not? Like Borderlands, when Borderlands 2 comes out, we'll live stream Borderlands 2. Yeah, right? it's easy You're PC in game. for that, right? Sure, yeah. uh, and then Rocky the Undisputed Collection. Hardcore. Is that all of the Rocky movies for 30 bucks? Holy crap, it is. One, on two, Blu-ray. three, four, five, and Balboa. And that's six Rocky movies. Why would you not on buy that? Blu-ray for $30. Five bucks a Blu-ray. Okay, so which of those movies are, I've never seen any of the Rocky movies. What? Yeah. What? I'm she leaving. just yelled what from the other room. I'm leaving. Is but, that so unusual? How many of the Rocky movies have you seen? All of them. Really? All of are them. Are they good? Yes. Sylvester Stallone's not very good, though. No, you're wrong. He wrote them. Uh, really? He directed them. All not all them? not all of them. Okay. What? They're all good? No, they're not all good. Okay. But they're all watchable for various reasons. I, I can't have this conversation. Uh, you, the, the, just watch them in order. You, <laughs> Do you, you start with Rocky Balboa? The, the one is that, it a prequel? No, Ro- no, Rocky Balboa is not a prequel. Well, I thought you, it was a prequel. You might have to wait 10 years after you watch Rocky V to watch Rocky Balboa. Uh, <laughs> if you just... One, two, four, six. That's really Wait, all you is three need to the watch. one with Mr. T, though? The, three is the one with Mr. T. I like and Mr. five T. is the, the Clubber worst Lang. one. I played the Xbox game, the Rocky Xbox game. So I feel like I know the gist. It's an underdog story about an American hero. Just a small town boy doing the best he could in the big... Those crows are back. Did I tell you about the crows, Norm? You can buy yourself this DVD set. Every time I've walked... It's Blu-ray. For 30 bucks. Blu-ray set. Every time I've walked out of the house for the last two days, there's been a crow sitting on the fence that looks at me and goes, caw, caw. I think that is the sound of a crow. It was a raven. You could attach notes to its leg. No, that's only in um, that's only in Game of Thrones. You can't really do that in yeah. the real world. Okay, next week, uh, sorry, Monday, Sunday, Sunday night. Come back Sunday for more podcast. Bye.